Welcome to the Move More Podcast, powered by Omega Sports. Omega Sports is your neighborhood sports store. For over 43 years, they've been helping North Carolinians run more, move more, and play more. And now that I'm here, we're going to run more, push more, pull more, lift more, squat more, everything to keep you strong. Remember, stop in their store, shop online with their active play experts. You know that you're always going to be good hands uh, at Omega Sports. So stop and see my buddies. They're going to take good care of you. On this episode of the Move More Podcast, dry needling. What is it? Does it work? Who's it going to benefit? And is it acupuncture? We're going to answer all these questions and more. So buckle up, keep your hands in the steering wheel. Let's go for a ride down recovery lane. Here we go. dry needling now before you kind of cringe your nose and say ew needles if you're scared just understand that dry needling is is kind of a a tough term to swallow because everybody thinks of needles and they're automatically turned off but before you turn this off and before you change the station or hit that little pause button or exit the top of your phone hear me out okay i am a huge proponent of dry needling and I'm, I'm, i'm ashamed that i didn't get into this earlier in my professional career as a performance physical therapist but what really is, it, it, it has changed how I treat people. And it has made my, my techniques and my concepts and my approach so much more effective. It's been a complete game changer. Between this uh, and manipulation, it has been a tremendous as far as taking care of people's pain. Now, the big question, you know, what is it? Okay, what is dry needling? Well, it's the insertion of a very thin monofilament needle into muscles, tendons, ligaments, scar tissue, subcutaneous fascia, and, and, and near neurovascular bundles. So it is so super small. Now, as far as the length of the needle, they do vary, okay, from super, super short to relatively long to like 100 millimeters. So that, that's for the bigger muscles of the group. But these guys are so thin. So picture this, picture you're going to the doctor's office and they say, all right, let's draw some blood. And immediately like, oh my goodness, I got to look away. They're going to put the tourniquet on my arm. The blood vessel is going to pop out. She's going to smack my form and they're going to insert this needle and it's going to hurt like the Dickens. This is not the same, not the same. In fact, it's about one eighth the diameter of that needle that they draw blood with. So if you're scared as far as, far as the thickness, as far as, is it going to hurt? Can you see it? Honestly, you can hardly see this thing. So you can understand that it's not going to hurt nearly as bad as your typical hypodermic needle. It's not hollow in the center. So there's zero medicine that goes through these needles. We are not using any medicine at all. Hence the dry part. Okay. So understand that for just for the concept. So the more widely accepted kind of definition of of dry needling is is usually going to be in the form of like trigger point dry needling. So you'll see this, you will see posts on this, you do some research. Um, Even a lot of the research, as far as if you just straight up Google this thing, they're going to say trigger points or capital T, lowercase r, capital P. It stands for trigger point. And that is just one very, very small aspect of dry needling. But what you're going to find is you're going to see pictures and you're going to see, or, or at least hear a description of a needle being inserted into a trigger point or a knot in a muscle. And the desired response is for that muscle or knot to twitch or flicker just a little bit. That is just a small part of what dry needling is. So, so more accurately, dry needling really is just, um, it, it stimulates neural tissue. It helps muscle tissue and, connect- and connective tissue 
um, on a wide range of different things. And so the ultimate goal really from this is not just to take care of a, a trigger point or a knot, but is to completely mitigate pain and take care of it all together, not just from a very localized standpoint, but from a neuromusculoskeletal standpoint. So if anybody knows me, yeah, we like to think globally. If you have a shoulder issues, odds are something up and down the chain is kind of going on that's awfully a little bit funky too. So we're not just going to treat the shoulder. We're going to treat the whole thing. The same thing kind of applies for dry needling. So we're not just triggering the trigger point. We're going to go ahead and treat the entire neurovascular path. And that's going to really help knock down a lot of our pain. So what are the positive effects? The positives, okay? Honestly, there's very little negative effects other than maybe poor performance or somebody that's just not very good at this and they're just kind of aimlessly inserting needles into the body. That's not what you want to do. But the positive effects are tremendous. For instance, I'm going to just spew out a bunch of terms here and they're going to sound very, very fancy, but it is the only way to really kind of explain it. And I'm going to bring it down to everyone's level to help you understand it a little bit more. There is a biomechanical effect, a chemical effect, an endocrinologic endocrinologic effect, I can't even say that, and a vascular effect. So all this cascade of events after the insertion of the needle helps improve blood flow, improve, uh, improve con tissue connectivity, improve performance of the muscle, and helps relax the muscle enough so it doesn't cause you enough pain. It, it improves microcirculation around the effective area. So for instance, there's a lot of research on there specifically, and what I like to read up on is knee osteoarthritis. Because most of the time people come, they have bad knees, or I've got bad knees. I can't do this, can't do that because my knee hurts. So I've always wanted to figure out, you know, what's the next best option next to just going in and replacing the whole joint? What can I do as a therapist to help my patients that is non-pharmaceutical, that is non-surgical, and is relatively least invasive possible? So a lot of this, the research and the studies that I found are on knee osteoarthritis, or it's a better term as knee OA. And it found that insertion of the needles in and around the knee joint helps to improve microcirculation around that particular knee joint. And this has every implication for knee OA. If we have better blood flow, if we have more blood to the area, we draw good cells, neutrophils, macrophages, fibroblasts, we can not completely reverse, but we can stop the deterioration of your knee osteoarthritis. And in some instances, there are some research out there that says, you know, we can almost semi-reverse that quote-unquote bone-on-bone appearance of the knee joint. So if we can reduce that just by stimulation of the needles around the knee joint and maybe add some uh, electrical current to it, then I think that's a good trade-off as opposed to going in and getting the whole knee cut off and replaced by something that's artificial. Now, I am not knocking total knee replacements. There is a time and a place for it, and they are fantastic. I have I work with a group of amazing orthopedic surgeons that are able to do that for me, and I can rehab that just fine. But if we can stop that from happening, if we can identify our knee osteoarthritis in the beginning stages where it's not so bothersome, but you kind of notice it, and we can attack that from day one, perhaps, just perhaps, we can prevent surgery altogether. We can prevent additional doctor's visits and prescription medications altogether. For me, that is a huge, huge win. Now, let's say, for instance, we, we insert the needles into the body, into muscles, tendons, ligaments, whatever, and then we hook it up and we add an electrical current to it. And I am I'm prone to do this very often because as far as bang for your buck, this is it, guys. So the electrical dry needling results in, in endocrinologic changes, uh, increases beta endorphins, and decreases cortisol. 
Awesome. So what do we practice all the time? Okay, we want good chemicals in our body and we want to decrease stress or cortisol, which is like our stress hormone. If we can do that just from electro dry needling, perhaps we can knock down a lot of our pain and reduce the negative effects of stress and cortisol within our body. Again, just by hooking those, these needles up in a very, very strategic way, we can help patients deal with their pain on a very widespread and almost immediate effect crazy, right? So guys, the take home message with this is even though, you know, this might be a little bit troublesome to swallow, uh, it's relatively new to you. It's not new to us in our world. Okay. In physical therapy. And it is certainly not new, uh, in traditional Chinese medicine, which is referred to as acupuncture. Fun fact, dry needling is not acupuncture legally. I have to say that. And there's some merit behind that too. This is different approach, but we are using the same needles. But what we can really kind of explain is, you know, we can have an almost immediate effect on you. So for all of you out there that quote unquote, don't want to waste your time doing stuff that don't work. I get that. All right. I don't want to waste my time either. So if you are looking for your magic pill, if you have pain or issues anywhere in your body and you're looking for that one stop shop, one shot, one kill, I tell you right now, dry needling is as close to it as you're going to get period. When it's done correctly and when it's done efficiently, I can say that I've had tremendous, tremendous effects, positive, meaningful change after one or two visits. And that's the ultimate goal. So if you come to me and you see me for an issue and then we discuss everything, we go through the whole game plan and we want to venture down the road of dry needling, I can almost, not, not definite, I never speak in definite, but I can almost guarantee that we're going to have a positive, meaningful change in how you feel before you walk out my door. I think that is worth its weight in gold, and so do you. I'll tell you right now, a lot of my athletes, they 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 love it. In fact, some of the people, and I don't talk anybody into it. I talk them through it. I educate them. We come up with it together, and I have people that sign up on my schedule every month just to get this done, almost prophylactically, and there's some research behind that too. If we can kind of stop everything from getting out of control, I think we can really help your pain in the long run and almost stop it from coming back. How sweet is that, okay? Before we have to deal with pain, we don't. That, that works in my book. So who does this help? Okay. The big question is, you know, who does this help? Um, the short answer, guys, is everybody. If you have pain, if you're an athlete, if you want to move better, odds are something in your body is going to go wrong if you have pain. So if you have pain, uh, dry needling is going to probably be part of my plan of care, especially if you see me. Usually I'll, I'll have two things that I like to kind of resort to as far as always being included, so long as it's indicated, is uh, manipulation or hands-on techniques and dry needling. I think it's the best bang for your buck you're going to get, especially if you want to get better quicker in less time. That's that's the name of the game. But as athletes, we have certain issues that kind of show up periodically all the time uh, in certain fitness industries and in certain populations. We have very, very common ailments that we see in our runners, a lot of foot issues, knee issues, sometimes lower back issues if you're increasing your mileage. In our lifters, we have that shoulder, that lower uh, cervical spine in between the shoulder blades. That's a, a, a common issue. And honestly, a, a tough treat for the most part before dry kneeling was the yoga population. Individuals that are very, very proficient at yoga, they are uber flexible everywhere. So the traditional model of, you know, we'll just stretch out this muscle. Well, I'll tell you what, show me somebody who does yoga on a regular basis, who has flexibility or mobility issues. Answer is probably 
No. And if you can find something, I think you're kind of fishing for it. So th the problem is, you know, what do you do with somebody that has a lot of pain that has no, no, no mobility issues and there's some pretty good strength? Well, enter dry kneeling. We'll talk about that in, a, in just a moment. I've had a few instances where it's been a game changer for, for those individuals as well. But typically we're going to find low back pain, carpal tunnel syndrome, plantar fasciitis, Everybody likes that one. Pain on the bottom of the foot. That's pesky to treat. Neck pain, headaches, headaches. Star this one, guys. If you are out there and you're dealing with chronic headaches, and this is something that I hated treating for the longest time until I, I found uh, manipulation and dry needling. If you have a headache and you are not trying to at least venture down every avenue possible to take care of it, I highly recommend you at least get a hold of somebody who is proficient with dry needling because this works absolutely wonders for anything that's called a cervicogenic headache or headache that stems or starts from some issue pertaining to the cervical spine. What people typically present with is usually one-sided pain can kind of come up the back of the head, come around the ear side of the head, and it can manifest itself in the front, almost above the eye, very much like sinus pressure. So the, the allergy season, when it's not allergy season, but you blame everything on your allergies, you got that pain over the eye. It's this nasty headache. You just can't get rid of it. And no matter what you take, it just doesn't touch it. Guess what? You're probably dealing with something that's cervicogenic in nature, and we can help with that almost immediately. I'll tell you that right now. So headaches. I have to start that one. I kind of kind of got off topic, but I'll get okay. Proceeding on: shoulder pain, knee pain, hip pain, elbow epicondylitis, both medial and lateral. Okay, we're talking you know golfers and tennis elbow respectively. Uh, it, the, the list goes on. Honestly, anywhere there's a muscle, there's a tendon, there's a ligament, anywhere there's bone, it's probably going to respond pretty well to dry needling so long as it's done correctly asterisks on that done correctly when it's done poorly pretty much guys anything that's done poorly is not effective and it can be dangerous but anything that's done correctly and efficiently can be extremely beneficial to your body the end result guys from dry needling is significant reduction in pain let me repeat that significant reduction in pain usually when you go see the doctor you go see somebody like me or a chiro massage therapist you're going to have some sort of pain if I can significantly reduce your pain in one or two visits, I think that's worth its weight in gold. We're also going to restore the blood flow. We're going to improve muscle function. We're going to improve your range of motion. So we're going to get rid of all of that restriction. Your tissue elasticity is going to be on point. And we're going to all have almost immediate, positive, meaningful change. That is the, that is the, the, the meat and potatoes of it all positive, meaningful change almost immediately. As soon as the needles come out of the body, as soon as you stand up and move around and you kind of get that active, that affected area moving again, you are more than likely going to have a positive, meaningful change. It's not a guarantee, but it's darn close to it. I have yet to see anybody that says, I don't feel any better. Mm -mm. I have never had that before. Go figure. I'm not tooting my own horn. I'm not the only clinician that's going to say that. So as far as magic pill of the medicine world without an actual, this is it, guys. This is it. I got I to gotta caution people, though. So it, it's not for everybody, even though it is for them. There are some cautions that you got to take. So, you know, individuals with abnormal bleeding tendencies, probably not a good idea, or maybe just kind of proceed with a caution. Compromised immune systems, vascular disease. Okay, I don't want to be sticking anybody with a bunch of sharp things if you don't have your va vascularity on point. Uh, diabetes, only from the neuropathy um, standpoint, it's kind of tough to get that feeling and uh, an, an accurate feel for it. 
uh, frail patients, especially in and around the lung field. So the frail patients, if you're sticking somebody's thorax with a, with a sharp thing, uh, you can puncture a lung. And that is that is the biggest no-no. It's something that you got to be really kind of conscientious of. So um, in and around the thorax, you want somebody who is skilled, who is purposeful. And those frail patients, they, they run the risk of having that. So uh, personally, I won't really encourage it unless they specifically ask for it. And even then, I'll proceed with extreme caution and I'll err on the side of safety 100% of the time. Patients with epilepsy, uh, maybe take caution with children and individuals who are pregnant. So all my pregnant athletes out there that are asking for a dry needling, I, I will still do it. I will. We'll have to talk it through first, but there are certain points in the body that we're going to have our, our no-no points. Uh, the reason being is I don't want to really run the risk of possible induction of labor or possible miscarriage. Now, there are certain time frames during your pregnancy where I won't touch you with a needle, and we can talk about that if you ever see me. But uh, if you're pregnant and you say, I want needles all the time, every time, please proceed with caution and talk to your provider, whoever you go to see about that first, because we don't want to kind of mess around with that. We have another life to take into consideration. And that hits home for me. I got twins on the way. I don't know if everybody knew this, but I have number two and number three. My wife is, is praying. We're expecting it late January, early February. I got number two, little boy, little girl on the way. So a little bit of personal aspect into this podcast. Pray for me for forever for the next 18 years. So I've got two weddings to pay for. It's going to be amazing, right? Good. Life goes on. That's okay. It's going to be a blast. But luckily, I got the best wife in the world. Tori is a freaking rock star. I digress. Let's get back on topic, guys. People that I really won't touch with a needle, that, that I, I won't even suggest is somebody who openly says, I am petrified of needles. Guess what? We ain't using them. Because if I have to try to talk you into it and really kind of convince you and coax you, one, your expectation that it's going to work is already shot. Two, you're already petrified of it, and you're not going to like anything I have to do or say after that. So we're not even going to venture down that road, but we have other avenues that we can venture down to take care of your pain. So those individuals that are terribly petrified of needles, I won't really use my techniques on. I will question their integrity if they're covered in tattoos, though. That's kind of a contra. Uh, contradiction there. If you're uh, petrified of needles, but you're a riddle, you have an entire sleeve. Uh, I digress there. Fun fact, I kind of want one too. So respect there. So the, the biggest population, guys, we, we got to get back to you. Know, who really loves this stuff? Now, I've been doing this for years and I have a group of people that I typically see on a regular basis. Now, we can break these down into categories. Uh, so I'm going to break them down into you know the big players. Okay. Yes, CrossFit. We're going to we're going to kind of lump CrossFit and my lifters, both power lifters and Olympic lifters into that same group. I'm also going to run, uh, lump my runners and triathletes and almost swimmers uh, into another group and my cyclists in another. Believe it or not, those are kind of two very different categories, different positioning and different demands on the body. Still same endurance athlete, but it's going to ask the body to do some some different things. Uh, so we're going to have cyclists in their own group. And then I have this. I'm not, I'm not going to say non-athletic or non-athlete group, but a common group. I'm going to call my barbers, hairstylists, and mechanics. These guys are always using their upper extremities, always putting their bodies in weird positions, and they're always going to have some quirky kind of pain. So I'm, I, I like to create their own group too. Shout out to my barbers and hairstylists and the mechanics of the world. All right, my barber, mercantile barber down in Belmont, North Carolina. About to see him in just a moment. My, my man just makes me right. But he also has, you know, some kind of pain. I have to kind of lump these in because I see a ton of hairstylists and barbers. And we're going to talk about the typical areas. So let's start with runners, guys. All right. Where are my runners at? 
show me a runner that hasn't had some sort of foot pain, I like to shake their hand, especially a runner that likes to increase their mileage and maybe not follow the specifically designed program set forth by their coach. So big ticket items when it comes to my runners, the areas that I like to treat the most or I see the most with regards to my runners are the bottom of the foot, plantar fasciitis. All right. So if you take the bottom of your foot, do me a favor right now, if as long as you're not driving, you're standing there or if you're walking, heck, if you're running, just think about this. On the bottom of your heel, very bottom of your foot, if you can touch your heel and then you kind of move your finger forward toward your toes, right in that center area, that's where people have a ton of pain. And that's where we're going to implement some of our dry needling techniques along with other areas. But that's a big player in the world of the runner population. Also, moving up the chain a little bit, calf, the back of the calf, all right? Specifically, we're talking about soleus and posterior tip. Anything that's going to help support that arch. Uh, that's going to be overworked as your mileage increases, maybe a little bit triggered, maybe a little bit painful. And that's we're going to be a big ticket player when it comes to our runners. Lateral hip, lateral hip. So take your left hand, put it right on the side of the hip, that bony part, right at the top of the femur. All right, then I just want you to come up about three inches right into that meaty part of the hip where people like to foam roll, where they like to stick a lacrosse ball and press the daylights out of it. If that's you, and most of the time it is, usually you're going to have some sort of IT band syndrome. Go figure. We'll talk about that in a second. So that lateral hip, glute med, glute man, some, some little bit of glute max and, and tensor fascia lata, that is primo for anybody who's increasing their mileage and has some sort of hip and lateral leg, sometimes knee pain too. Also, lower back. The lower back is a big player for pretty much everybody else. Lumbar paraspinals, sure. Quadratus lumborum. We call this the QL. My, my, massage, my massage therapist in the world, they know exactly what the QL is. If you don't know what the QL is, let's do this. I want you to put your hands on your hips like you're a, like an angry schoolgirl. Right? So where your fingers are, it's pretty much pointing toward your belly button. Where your thumb is pointing is going back toward your spine. Press your thumb in toward your spine as hard as you can. You're in or at about the area of your QL, and that's what bugs people the most. And this holds true across all spectrums of athletes, to be honest with you, even lifters, cyclists, and barbers and hairstylists and all that good stuff. So those are the big ticket items when it comes to runners. Let's move on to our crossfitters and lifters of the world. Slightly different here. It's more upper extremity. So big players, upper traps. Right? So when you shrug your shoulders, those upper traps, they can get triggered, cause headaches, also cause shoulder pain. We're working in between the shoulder blades, the periscapular region. So anybody that says, I just feel like there's something there. I laid on a foam roller and a heating pad. I had my massage gun in there. It helps, but it doesn't really touch it. Yeah, that's an area that we're going to needle. Hardcore, rhomboids, subscapularis, upper trap, mid-trap. All that stuff responds extremely well to these needling techniques. Backside of the shoulder, specifically posterior delts, uh, infraspinatus, teres minor, all that stuff responds extremely well. Elbows, lower back, guys, so our lifters. If this is you, if you've had pain in these areas, uh, this is probably a good avenue for you to go down. All right, hit up, hit me up. Let's get some needles on that to see if we can have some positive, meaningful change on you. Cyclists, where, where are my cyclists of the world? So triathletes, even mountain bikers. The uh, same holds true here. Hamstrings. I've seen a ton of hamstrings combined with some lower back issues. As far as hamstring strays, high hamstring up toward your your gluteals or where you sit, your butt bone. That's a that's a big item when it comes to our cyclists. Lower back also, depending on your riding position. So. Uh, you know, mountain bikers a little bit more upright position. Road cyclists are a little bit more leaning forward, and triathletes are forward 
on their elbows and their head is up. So it's almost like their head is in a constant state of cervical extension and they're just kind of compressing all that junk in the back. So we're talking the cervical spine, what we call the CTJ or the cervical thoracic junction. That's where your neck and your body more or less come together. That's a problem area. And that's really where uh, work from home syndrome lies too, right in that area too. So if you ever worked from home for a long period of time, you went from desk work, uh, now you're working in a laptop on a, on a lazy boy recliner, you're going to get some of that nasty nasty neck pain, upper traps, right in the intersection between your cervical spine or your neck and your mid-back. People have a lot of pain right there. Uh, cyclists have tons of pain here too. Also, the forearms and elbows, they take a beating only because they're holding onto the handlebars all the time, especially uh, mountain bikers. So when they're descending nice and hard or even when they're ascending and they're pulling on it constantly. So those are the big ones there. Now let's talk about my, my barbers and my hairstylists. I know there's a ton of you out there. Uh, mechanics. I'm going to throw you guys in here too. Mechanics. We need you guys. All right. Job security right there. These guys and gals, I should say, have a lot of upper trap, cervical, CTJ, and suboccipital. Suboccipitals. Well, let, let's do this. Okay. Let's make this interactive again, guys. All right. Take your thumbs. I want you to put your thumbs on the back of your skull, right in that bony part. And I want you to take both thumbs and slide them down toward your neck a little bit and as soon as your thumbs kind of fall off that bony part and you get to that meaty part sometimes people like to put their fingers or thumbs right there and dig in there sometimes people put a lacrosse ball there that is your suboccipital region and this is a big player when it comes to cervicogenic headaches so when people have especially mechanics they're constantly looking up or hairstylists and barbers when they constantly have their arms in these kind of raised position and they're looking around their client they're going to end up with some of this nasty pain up into the suboccipitals and this is something that we can and should be taken care of because the, these guys we need these guys i can't cut my own hair i can't fix my own car i don't know how to do that stuff i can fix your body can't fix my car i need my mechanic i'm gonna take care of him or her i shouldn't specify so these are the big kind of groups of people that I see on a regular basis in my clinic. And these are the ones that I feel like I've had the most impact as far as making that positive, meaningful change almost on day one. So let's look at a couple of scenarios here, guys. I, I, I kind of pick and choose this one. I have hundreds of them, hundreds of them. But I want to take the, the biggest ones that probably pertain to the majority of the population. Let's talk about the headaches, okay? Uh, now, I'm not going to say names, but I'm going to give you a general overview, all right? There was a woman in the late 40s that came to see me that had this, this chronic headache issue. And when I say chronic, we're talking you know, seven plus years. That is an awful long time to be dealing with headaches. Now she's seen uh, chiropractors. She's seen massage therapists, Reiki, uh, Chinese medicine. She's had pharmaceuticals. She's had weird injections. Nothing seems to help her. So she thought, you know, what, what the heck? She saw one of my posts. She came to see me. I explained to her, I'm like, you know, I think it's worth a try. We're going to give it our best shot. We did a little bit of electro dry needling right in the suboccipital region. After a little bit of uh, manipulation, I like to combine those two. Research says, Combine them both, you're going to have a, a giant effect. Two sessions. It took two sessions to have an 80% improvement in her symptoms. After that, she finally went on her cross-country road trip that she's been putting off for years, but she just can't sit in a car because of her headaches. Two visits. That's all it took. And honestly, it surprised me. I expected to be seeing her for you know, a couple of months at least. Twice. Took four weeks. That's it. And then she's back on the track. How awesome is that? Again, that's just one case, but that is an honest case as far as having that positive, meaningful change almost immediately. Picture seven years of pain being knocked out in less than a month. You want that to be you? I'd want that to be me. All right. Try needling. 
not a bad avenue to go down. Let's look at the next one. Uh, there's a runner, uh, this guy in his late 30s. Late 30s, you know, I would say mid-30s, but he was 36. So we're going to call it late 30s just to kind of push semantics. Diagnosed with IT band syndrome. That's pain down the outside of the leg that sometimes starts in the hip, can go all the way down to the knee. This has been happening off and on for about two years. And he would always, he would say when he came to me, you know, it would happen at mile two. Without a doubt, no doubt, doesn't matter what you did, foam roll, medication, heat, sleep. Two miles in, pain. No doubt. He got deep tissue massage. He would foam roll on a regular basis. He has the same uh, massage gun that I use. He used it on that area all the way up and down. He lacrosse balled it to the point where he had bruises down the lateral side of his leg. And so I'd ask him, I'm like, well, does that help? He goes, mm, yeah. if you got to shrug your shoulders after I asked that question, the answer really is no. It didn't really help. So we did a couple of tests. Found out he had a tons of weakness in the, in the hip abductors. Those are the muscles on the side of the hip where I asked you to touch before. And I said, well, let's give this a shot. I think that if we can knock down some of this pain issue and some of that sense and, and dense tissue on the side, I think we can have some, some positive, meaningful change. Guys, there's a theme here, positive, meaningful change. Say it to yourself. And if that's what you want, this is what it's going to give to you. So all we did was one treatment of electro dry needling to tensor fasciolata glute meat and glute min. That's the muscles, the, the three major players, in my opinion, on the side of the hip that contribute to a lot of that outside leg pain, especially for our runners. We did one treatment. After one treatment, he went back to running and he surpassed that two miles, went on to three, on to five. He did an eight mile run. He only stopped because he was exhausted because he's never run that far before. 100%. He tells me I was completely better after that treatment. And then he came back to me a couple months later. It kind of flared up a little bit, but not nearly where it was. Now I have him on my athlete package, which is once a month. It's kind of like a maintenance, and that's okay, to make sure that this never comes back again. He is running marathons on the regular basis, and he's always signing up for these half marathons. God bless him. You runners, you're a different breed. That's something more than I could do. But we had such a crazy amount of change almost immediately that he was sold from day one. I treat him for a couple other things too that kind of pop up here and there, but that was that was the winner. That was the gold standard right there. Last last one I want to talk about my, my yogis, my yoga individuals. Again, I say that you know introduced me to somebody that has a restriction or a lack of flexibility who does yoga seven days a week and can bend over backwards and literally kiss their own knees. I want to say you're probably full of it, and I think you're making stuff up. Because I had this individual, late 40s, crazy into yoga. She had this nasty calf issue that's been going on for a while. Saw a previous therapist. They did a ton of calf stretches. Sure, yeah, you, you certainly can engage the tissue. I'm not going to knock it. Uh, but when your ankle and your shin, I'm sorry, when you're, the top of your foot and your shin can almost touch each other, maybe the flexibility is not the issue. So we have to kind of look at the soft tissue. So we did a, a, a fair assessment. Strength was actually pretty decent, only limited by pain. So all we did... Did a little electro dry needling to the posterior tib and soleus. That's it. Literally, total of four needles. And after three treatments, completely pain-free. Completely. Been bugging her for two years, completely pain-free after three treatments. That's all it took. Right? Haven't heard from her again. Perfect. Good. That's the perfect client. Knock them out, and then they're good to go. So that are that, that's just three cases where this stuff is super, super effective. And I'm, I'm going to guarantee you that I'm not the only clinician out there that has dry needling in their repertoire that doesn't like to use this to treat these kind of issues. It is an amazing approach. It is positive, meaningful change. And after this, you're not done. We got to load the tissue. So if you're a lifter, after we do some needling, some other kind of manual stuff, we're going to put some weights in your hands. We're going to make you move large loads quickly. If you're a runner, 
We're going to make you run. We're going to get you back on the track. We're going to put you in the shoes. We're going to make you run after this. We want to make sure that this stuff never comes back. So once you get the needle stuck in you, once they're removed, you're not done. You still got a lot of work to do. This just blatantly blasts open the door from pain to allow you to get back to doing the things that you love as much as you possibly can. So guys, this is really the magic pill that people are looking for when it comes to pain. If this is something that you're interested in, perhaps it's maybe something that you just want more information of. You didn't get it from this podcast. Honestly, I can go into pain science for two, three straight hours of lecture. I don't want to do that because honestly, for individuals that are not really um, educated on uh, human physiologically and anatomy, it's boring as all get up. But people like me who like to nerd out on this stuff, it is incredibly interesting as far as the effects of the needle within the body, especially when we go to twist the needle and we hook it up to electrodes. The effect that we have is so profound that I am borderline mad at my school for not formally teaching this. In fact, I believe that every school should teach this and have formal lectures on it so, so every new grad is well prepared to come out and help every patient with as many tools as possible. This, I believe, is a crucial tool. Guys, that is all I have as far as my little lecture on dry needling. I hope you found this interesting. I hope you found it educational, somewhat entertaining. If you are, find yourself to be one of these individuals or your runner, or your lifter, crossfitter, barber, mechanic, cyclist. If this is you and you have pain that's been bugging you for a while, I am the guy you want to talk to. Get a hold of me. Find me on Facebook. Find me on Instagram. I am the Carolina Movement Doc, performance physical therapist here in Charlotte, North Carolina. Reach out to me. DM me. Send me an email. I don't care. Just get a hold of me. I want to help you out. Keep in mind that everything that you heard on this podcast is the thoughts and expertise and experience of myself, Dr. Scott Blanca, performance physical therapist here in Charlotte, North Carolina. If you want to be on the show, if you have other topics you want me to talk about, reach out to me on Facebook, on Instagram, send me an email, and then we'll get it set up. Keep in mind that these are not the thoughts of Omega Sports. These are my thoughts and my thoughts only. 12 plus years of in the trenches, taking grenades, learning this stuff, what works, what doesn't, and what is the best possible treatment for my athletes. This is me figuring it out, not on my own. I have a giant team to help me out, and I have a lot of good colleagues that are even smarter than me half the time. So this is me and my podcast only. Luckily, I have Omega Sports as my partner for my neighborhood partner to help me out to produce this stuff. So guys, if you want something talked about on this podcast, reach out to me. I'd be more than happy to do that. But for now, I hope you enjoy this trip down recovery lane. I hope you're a little bit more informed, a little bit more educated and enlightened in how we can take care of your pain. This is Dr. Scott Jablanca signing out from the Carolina Movement Doc Recording Studios inside CrossFit Wreckage. I'm out. <laughs>